Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So, Mike, can you explain this to me? I mean, I know you have many different identities, but an onion? <laughs> an onion. Well, it wasn't me who said oh, that about oh, himself. No, okay. This is someone else. But basically, during the 60s, a lot of people said they were on this search for their true identity. They wanted to peel off, as it were, all the layers that had been forced upon them by society, family, church, work, friends, all that sort of thing. But in the process of peeling off all the layers, one man found that he was an onion. And an onion is simply a series of layers with no core. Oh, he, I see. He got to underneath all the layers and mm. said, there was no core to me. And that is because the core is not something ethereal which you discover. It is something which you create by making a commitment. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. And and uh, what is your main identity? My identity is I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Oh, that's how you found your core. That's right. You, you make the commitment to Christ and he becomes your identity. You know, that is so true because I think all of us go in, in a, a quest, a yeah. life quest of that's finding right. who we are and... I I personally also have found my main identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm beloved of the Lord. I yes. have come to know that I'm saved, that I am a daughter of, of the King. And all those times when I might feel down or, or worthless or, or that there's no plan for my life, or all those things that sometimes we feel, that is the core that holds me together. It's that, who I am in Christ. Yeah, that is the, the core of your worth. That establishes your value. It's not what someone else says about you. It's what Christ says about you because He is your King. Yeah. And so his word about you is final. My value, my identity, my worth, my dignity is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So as as Beth Moore says in, in her book, Believing God, I am who God says I am. No, that's right. I, I love that statement. He, he, what is the old song? Uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it for me. In this particular instance, that is absolutely true. God says you are a person of infinite value. I gave my son Jesus for you. You are of worth. You know, as we are going through the prophecies um, of the birth of Jesus uh, now in December, uh, because of Christmas, one of the most important prophecies relate to the kingdom of God. See, when we get to the New Testament, everybody's talking about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we think, okay, what was this kingdom that everybody was expecting? And we think, oh, of course, they they understood Jesus, but actually they didn't. No, they had no clue what kind of kingdom Jesus was going to establish. Absolutely. So many times Jesus comes preaching, the kingdom of God is here, and they're thinking that the identity has to do with Roman empire, with political mm-hmm. oppression, and, and they're thinking Jesus is somebody else, that he, he really is not. Well, even the disciples didn't get this. After the, the resurrection, they, were say, they said, now is the time when you're going to establish your kingdom. They still didn't really understand what kind of a kingdom this was. Yes, and, and they were all desperately looking for who would establish this kingdom. And who are we in, in, in this, relationship in this, to the kingdom? That's right. And now this prophecy of... Um, Jesus' birth through a Davidic line, which was a royal line that would establish a kingdom, comes from way before the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Is is actually when David is king. Now, most of you remember that uh, David actually was born in Bethlehem. I mean, when we start the story of uh, David and in First Samuel, when the prophet uh, goes to anoint him as king in in chapter sixteen of First Samuel, Samuel goes uh, to Bethlehem because David lives there because he. 
was born in this little town of Bethlehem. And of course, eventually David will become king. Mm -hmm. And that's what we find now in 2 Samuel when David has already become king. But all these things are important for us because David happens to be from the city, the little town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And it is from his line that Jesus comes. And so here we have this uh, wonderful little passage of scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 11. It says, even from uh, the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. Now, it starts talking about this house, how his descendants yeah. will continue the kingdom forever. And then, of course, we go on uh, with Solomon, etc., etc. But on verse 16, mm-hmm. it says, your house... And your kingdom shall endure before me forever, and your throne shall be established forever. I mean, forever is a long time to promise David through his descendants. And, of course, that is fulfilled, we believe, through the birth of Jesus, because from the line of David comes Jesus, and Jesus is the king. He he establishes a Davidic kingdom, which lasts forever. Now, think about this, how incredible this is. Um, both Joseph and Mary, uh, we're told in both Matthew and Luke, are descendants of David. Of David. So, when Caesar Augustus in chapter 2 of Luke uh, decides that everybody has to go back for the census to the family of origin, of course, they have to go to Bethlehem because that was the city of David. Which would, you know, and this is a little problem that they had because after all, the Jesus is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. His uh, Joseph and Mary are living in Nazareth. Nazareth. How do you get from point A to point B so that the Savior can be born in, in Bethlehem? <laughs> yes, and that's the census of Caesar Augustus. Now, Matthew makes the point that Jesus is from the line of David mm-hmm. from the very beginning of the gospel. As a matter of fact, this is the first great name that we encounter in his genealogy. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David. David, immediately. And all the genealogy of Jesus is based on this um, Davidic kingdom type of identity, that he is the one that will bring about the everlasting kingdom. Even at the end of his genealogy, we find something a little strange on on verse 17. I don't know if you want to read it, Mike. It says, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. From the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. And a lot of you maybe that have um, a desire for records and things like that, you Mm -hmm. might have gone back to the Old Testament and realized that there are more generations yeah, between these periods and the ones that are counted by Matthew that are only 14. And you'll say, well, Matthew was a strange historian because he's <laughs> passing over all these generations. Yeah. But, I mean, actually, this is a, a theological point, Mike, isn't it? It is a theological point. It's, it's more important than the actual number of, of uh, generations, generations yeah. that passed. He's trying to say this is the number of the kingdom of David. Uh, you know, seven is the perfect number of the Bible. Seven uh, plus seven, uh, three sections of this is what he's, he's talking about here. Yeah, and and actually, uh, the name David in Hebrew, uh, yeah. as you know, the consonants um, of, of Hebrew had actual numbers. Yeah. And the consonants in David, even in Hebrew, are D, V, D, and that would be 464 in Hebrew, and that adds 14. And this mm-hmm. is the point that Matthew is trying to actually make, is, is a historical point, uh, as a theological point more than a historical point, that Jesus is the son of David. He's doing his best to pull all this together so that those. Uh, this is the most Jewish of all the Gospels. He's, he's demonstrating. Uh, so 
children, to the Jews that this hey, is the this, kingdom. This is the promised one. This is the kingdom because this is the one foretold in Scripture. You know, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is constantly called the Son of David. There is only one other person called one time the Son of David, and that's Joseph because he would give the line to Jesus. And it's in chapter 1, verse 20, uh, when the angel appears to him to tell him that Mary has conceived of the Holy Spirit. And the, the angel says, Joseph, son of David, right. don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This is the only time in the whole gospel that somebody else other than Jesus called mm-hmm. son of David. And it's to establish his yeah. line. Yeah, it is to establish his line. Now, we know that Joseph is not the biological father of Jesus, but he is the one who is viewed as the father of uh, Jesus by actually, those that are around. Yes. He is the one who, under whose name this is being established. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can see this in verse 25 of chapter 1. It says, she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus because he's the one that named him. Mm-hmm. And he that's where the line comes that's from. That's right. And throughout the gospel, Jesus is constantly called son of David. For example, in the triumphal entry in, in chapter 21 of Matthew, people are thinking that he finally is establishing this kingdom because they didn't understand the kingdom. They didn't understand the kingdom was not of this world. They were still looking for an identity in an earthly kingdom. No, but they were looking for the kingdom, and that's why they're, they're seeing in Jesus the, the potential for this kingdom. <laughs> yes. they, they know there's something special about him. They don't fully understand exactly what this kingdom is about. But as mm-hmm. he is riding into Jerusalem here in this week prior to his death, the triumphal entry, verse 9, it says, The crowds going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Yes, and we have actually several prophecies that seem to be fulfilled at that moment. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Jesus dies in chapter 27 of Matthew. With Unfortunately t- for them because they yes. didn't understand the nature of this death or That's the reason right. for it. And it's unfortunate because they said, oh, he's dying because, because of treason. He said he was a king and really he wasn't a, a mm-hmm. king. And the Romans, of course, crucified Jesus because of treason. That's um, right. And that's why they put the charge of treason on top of the cross, says chapter 27 of Matthew, verse 37. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. But of course, the kingdom of God is not of this world. No, it is not of this world. It is a different kingdom than what we have thought of as being a kingdom, certainly different than the Roman Empire, certainly different than any other kingdom that we have known. Yes. This is a spiritual kingdom. It, it is a mightier kingdom than that which we see of flesh and blood and, and bricks and mortar. Yeah, and any time we look for identity here on earth, we will end up feeling like those people from your generation, yes, <laughs> like, who, that they say, well, I am an onion because yeah. I, I peel all these layers and I'm nobody inside. I don't have any core because anytime you look for an identity in this world, you will end up empty. But when you look for your identity within the kingdom of God and who God thinks you are and what God has done for you and how valuable you were that that he planned a savior to come to save you personally, then you find a core. Your identity, your core has to be something bigger than yourself, something for which you would die. Martin Luther King Jr. said that. He says, no man is fit to live until he's found something bigger than himself that he would die for. And Mm -hmm. that is the kingdom of God. The one who died for you is someone worth you dying for because he is the one who brings meaning to your life. Your life has no meaning unless it has something bigger than you to live for, and that is Jesus. May this Christmas season, as you celebrate and meditate on the real reason for the season, may you also find your identity in the kingdom of God. When you view Jesus Christ, then you find your identity. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.